0: Section 72 of American Myths and Legends, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Greg Giordano. American Myths and Legends, Volume 1 by Charles M. Skinner. A Philadelphia excitement philadelphia has been compelled to endure a reputation for peace that is galling to the spirit of those residents who gauge the importance of a town by the amount of commotion it makes and who point with envy to cities where murders politics sensational journalism and steam-whistles betoken the intellectual ferment as new england felt the restraint of the roundheads and as the opposing spirit of the cavaliers was kept alive in the South, so Philadelphia was impressed by Quaker doctrine and Quaker dress, and never went in for hysterics, even in which times it refused to engage in hangings and burnings. It prayed over the suspected, made them feel uneasy, but it would not punish them. When one genius was born too early, for he belonged to our age of self-advertisement proclaimed that he was going to hell at six p.m. sharp. Only a handful of town idlers gathered to see him off, and appeared to be sorry that he changed his mind. There used to be a phantom coach that was driven madly through the streets in the middle of the night by the ghost of a man who had died in an unforgiving spirit toward one of his servants. He created no end of din and clatter in order to show how sorry he felt, and the people said, if it relieves his feelings to do this, even let him continue his excursions. Philadelphia came perilously near to being excited, however, in the days of Colonel Tom Forrest. He was one of those people who knew where the pirate Blackbeard had buried his treasure. It was somewhere between Atlantic City and Elizabeth, and the mysterious hints he kept dropping, his wise nods, his ifs and buts spoken in tones of thrilling significance stirred the town deeply at one time he allowed it to be supposed that the wealth was hidden in the earth on coates street now called fairmount avenue near front street and with hope and enthusiasm philadelphia laid off its jacket and dug for it but in vain he appeared in the market-place soon after with a parchment that looked old his enemies and several of his friends vowed that his look of age was due to candle smoke and dirt and vinegar, purporting to contain the dying confession of a scamp who had been hanged on Tyburn, and who, just before he submitted to the halter, told his confidant how he and other associates of Blackbeard had put several golden fortunes into an iron pot and sunk it in the sand at Cooper's Point, New Jersey. A company was formed to consider this revelation and colonel tom had engaged a room for its business purposes this room was just under a hall used by secret societies and in the midst of a discussion which was being carried on in abated breath the colonel's being more strongly abated than usual a trap-door and the ceiling slid open and a skeleton leaped down upon the table at which the adventurers were seated here again the colonel's ever-ready enemies declared it was no skeleton that broke up the meeting in such fell disorder but a young man in black tights on which a skeleton had been painted forrest held his ground like the soldier that he was and when he rejoined his comrades who were shivering in the street he told them how the awful visitant had unbent to him and had given permission on behalf of the pirates to dig for blackbeard's treasure the hat was passed in order to cover the expense of the venture a few nights later the company assembled at cooper's point and so soon as it was dark enough began to ply picks and spades under the colonel's direction just as one of the spades struck a metal substance supposed to be the treasure pot two black men in breech clouts leaped from nowhere upon the pile of stones where the tyburn rascal's parchment lay, and all except the colonel fled. He succeeded in persuading his associates to return, but when two black hats sprang out of the pit, with tails sputtering and fizzing and snapping, wondrously like firecrackers, the horror was complete. Yet the pot was unearthed, and carried to Philadelphia, but while lifting it from the boat to the wharf, the tackle broke, and it sank into the river, never again to be seen by any stockholder in the Blackbeard Treasure Company, unless it might have been the Colonel, for he appeared so merry and prosperous for months afterward that he was boldly accused of emptying the gold in his own valise before the pot went overboard, and was actually sued by fellow members of the corporation to recover their share of the plunder. End of section 72 Read by Greg Giordano Newport, Ritchie, Florida